Hello everyone, this is Ann Doyle. Welcome to the final episode of Powering Up's second season. Now that doesn't mean our podcast is ending. It just means we're evolving because my longtime co-host and niece, Monica Doyle, who brought her courageous and often sassy millennial voice to our conversations for 74 episodes, is heading off to tackle new challenges. Powering Up's fascinating new co-host is Dana Harvey, a Detroit-born, Gen X, African-American mother of two Gen Z college students. She brings a wealth of interests, as well as very different generational and cultural lenses than those of this Irish-American baby boomer. I have no doubt that Dana will enrich our conversations, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Our first episode of Powering Up focused on the great Aretha Franklin, and the celebrations in Detroit following her death in the fall of 2018. And now, as we begin our third season, we are mourning the loss of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who changed American women's lives by her decades of work to ensure equal opportunity for all. We will be talking about her as well in a future episode. So as we follow the path of these two great American sheroes, Powering Up will continue to focus on issues around leadership, power, gender, and social justice as seen through a female lens. Now to our final Powering Up episode with the wonderful Monica, who helped me launch this podcast. This episode was recorded just a few weeks before the COVID-19 pandemic changed everything for all of us, but the topic is more relevant than ever. Enjoy. Work-life integration is not doing it all. Mm -hmm. Work-life integration is saying yes to the right things in work and the right things in life so your deck is smaller and then you feel like you have it all. I love the fact that you said being a mom belongs on your resume. Yeah. And it's how to put it on your resume and put it in your head. As you talk about the work, important work you're doing and that we as women need to value that in other women. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Powering Up, our cross-generational podcast about leadership, power, and gender. I'm Ann Doyle, author of Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. And I'm Monica Doyle. I'm happy to be back today. (laughs) Yeah, we missed you last week. (laughs) Nearly 50 years after Title IX opened sports opportunities for girls in the U.S., I mean, we're really starting to see some women athletes um, achieving some unprecedented breakthroughs um, into professional sports as coaches and uh, and, and as well-respected paid athletes, which I guess to me proves anything is possible. But everything is not possible, which is one of the interesting mantras of today's guest, Emily Hay, founder of Hey There Social Media. She is a leading voice in the work-life integration movement for busy moms, still trying to do it all. (laughs) Yeah, here we go with a hot topic. Uh, But Emily is a graduate of Fisher College of Business at Ohio State University. She was named one of 30 
in their 30s, Leaders to Watch by D Business Magazine. She's a public speaker. She's a leader in the social media sphere. And she's the mother of two young daughters, which is why she's launching a work-life integration initiative specifically for women trying to do it all. And, you know, Monica, I got to know Emily a few years ago when I hired her to do social media for Uh, You know, when I was launching my book, Powering Up, and I love the fact that her Hey There social media team is all women. Yeah, well, that's really great. And I can only imagine how tough it is to be a great mom, do great at your job, get paid for, um, you know, what you love to do and uh, still have a family and time to relax and do whatever it is you need to recharge. Recharging, you know, I have some friends who are moms and recharging is a big part of it. So welcome, Emily. Welcome. Well, thank you. That was the best intro ever. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as a baby boomer, I am part of that trailblazing generation of ambitious women who felt we really had to choose between motherhood and careers. And so I'm as happy as can be to see younger women, uh, you know, demanding that I don't want to have to, you choose. know, make that choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it certainly doesn't make it any easier. So what is this new work-life initiative that you're starting, you're launching, and what uh, prompted you to do it? Thank you, Anne, for the question. So as, as you said, my business, Hey There Social Media, we, we do social media for small business owners, and my team of all women, they happen to be moms. And from the very beginning, needing flexibility was the number one driver of their work choices. So when we started literally 10 years ago at this point, it really was a focus on working from home. That mm-hmm. that was the initiative. If that you was a new from, thing at that point. Sure. And we absolutely had clients at the time that we didn't lead with, we work from home in our jammies. <laughs> <laughs> we, we wanted them to know that we are a, a legit team. We operate like an agency just because we don't have a physical roof that's shared. Um, but it was something that, like I said, people would get it if you simply explained it as, I worked from home. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the last few years. You mentioned I'm a mom. Yes, my two girls are five and three. So I've really had my head down the last five years with running my life with the kiddos and running the business. And while I've been focused on that, I've I've recently been able to come up for air just a little bit, just just enough to look around (laughs) and ask, now I understand why women talk about work-life balance and having it all. And I got really introspective about those concepts. And work-life balance, to me, is it, it's something that has been in our lexicon for some time. Right. Right. But I, I just always got stuck with this. I didn't identify with it. It didn't resonate for me, work-life balance. And so I looked at it and I thought, well, the visual of balancing is doing two separate things, holy and well. And so as I was a mom, a new mom, and trying to run the business, I, I just kept feeling like, like so many other women do, I'm not doing either wholly or well. Mm-hmm. And there I felt just unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Not necessarily to the point of feeling, just going, there's got to be more. Like there, there's something not right here. So work-life balance, it, there, a lot of people have written articles now about it. And so I really started to gravitate towards articles that question the concept of work-life balance. And then in the last quarter of 2019 is when I really started to pick up on this, air quote, work-life integration. And if you look at what 
integrate means it's a verb right so to take two things and make make one thing whole Mm -hmm. that resonated Mm -hmm. and that is when I started to say tell me more you know how how does integrating your work in life how does that work what does that look like and how can I do it Uh uh-huh yeah, that's actually something that some of my friends have literally been struggling with right now. Um, <clears throat> a, a very close friend of mine, I call her son my nephew, you know, um, she has been trying to do exactly that, you know, have her own whole life and also be, have a whole life as his mother. Um, and so what were some of sort of the jumping off points that you used to, you know, start this idea of having both things be whole? Okay. So one of the most important things I looked at was what are the factors that matter? Like, so, so you can, I'm a very type A linear thinker. So to me, to mix things is very uncomfortable. So I had to start saying, well, what are, again, what are the factors that matter? And so I looked at work and I said, what is the work that we take on? Is it work that we get to work with people we enjoy? Is it work that fulfills us because we're interested in the product or service? How do we get that work done? Does it allow us to work in a zone of, you hear these terms, zone of genius, zone of excellence? My point is, do, does the work you take on allow you to be your best self? Are you excited to do that work? Because you only have finite time to spend on work. Mm-hmm. And then as for the life side, that's, that's so much more the softer side because when you're thinking of yourself as a working professional, you have you've learned habits, you read time management books. There's just um, more structure around framing up the work side of your life. But when you look at life, you, again, first of all, you're walking the walk of a brand new mom. I mean, I've only been a mom five years. And so to just think, well, now I have other humans that need me. I I have to balance their needs ahead of mine. And I don't want to step out too far on the work front when my, my personal front, the, the life front, might start to be more demanding because that changes so much. Is, is a child sick? Does your family need you? So being mindful, again, of the work you take on. I'm using air quotes because in life, the work you take on might be, are you going to be a room parent this year? Mm-hmm. Oh. Moms are so quick to jump at all the life opportunities and say, well, yes, I need to be a room mom, or I need to be the Girl Scout troop leader, or I need to sign up to bring the snack to every single soccer game. <laughs> and again, we women tend to say yes to all of those things. So then the life side just gets too full, and then your integration self is is off because, again, things aren't all manageable because you've maybe said yes to too many things. Mm-hmm. So like I said, that's just kind of scratching the surface of what I started to look at, but the first thing I did was look at what am I saying yes to work-wise and what am I saying yes to personal. And I want to take us back a minute because, I mean, this is this whole idea that you talk about in terms of how work has changed. The definition of work has changed, you know, because, I mean, there's sort of an old traditional model that's based on the man doing the job and giving it all there and the woman doing all the rest of the jobs related to having a life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over the past four decades or so, we've seen that changed dramatically as uh, more and more women moved into working full-time and wanting to work full-time. And, um, you know, I mean, a majority of women in the United States uh, work, uh, whether because they have to or they want to or a combination of both. But it's changing now. And so now you have this thing about um, women having children and saying, okay, 
how do I do this traditional model or do I start a company as you did? Do I do part-time or freelance work? I mean, I think there are a whole lot of big decisions that women have to make here. You're spot on. And one of the things that really encourages me for what women have an opportunity for today is the fact that you can have a side hustle. Like the, a side hustle. <laughs> I love that. Has become common as can be. Again, part of the business lexicon. So if you are a fully employed person, in fact, there was just data. I just looked at this article, um, end of 2018, that showed over 40% of women who have a side hustle are fully employed. And a third of them that have a side hustle are part-time employed. Mm -hmm. so, so in addition to their fully employed job yes, and being parents and all those kinds of things, also a side hustle. As a you call side it. hustle. And you define traditional work, right? You said work was that nine to five, you know, decades ago, only the man <laughs> did that. But even now, there are plenty of women that are physically required to be someplace for their job. But yet those women are still having a side hustle. And so we look at why? Flexibility, opportunity for income, they have entrepreneurial goals. It's giving them a side outlet to be able to use their professional talents, their work skills in a way that serves them so that way they feel like they're not just just forced to, to only wear that one hat of being that fully time, um, I'm sorry, that full-time employee. And, and you know, in some of your materials I read, you had used a word that I haven't heard before. Uh, maybe that's a generational thing, but it was the uh, gigging. Okay. <laughs> the gig economy. What is gigging? <laughs> so that that's right in line with side hustle. Well, so, and I haven't heard that, but I think I know what it means. <laughs> you, no, really, Monica, you haven't heard it. I don't feel the, so bad. <laughs> you haven't heard it either. The, the gig economy, G-I-G, uh -huh. the gig economy. <laughs> Um, freelancers union, they say the, the economy is run by freelancers. Let's start acting like it. Mm -hmm. So again, a lot of this was recession based, right? So if people were taking on side hustles or gigs, whether that was driving for Uber or becoming a home organizer on the side, or even just a freelance writer, just using your skills in a marketable way that you can make a side income. And then again, it gives you an opportunity to develop into a more full-time thing down the road should you want to. Another thing I would point out with this whole gig economy and something with side hustles is that I felt like, because I had my head down and I've, I've had my team, that, well, we're living this and doing this, so, so we have the on-the-job training, but I thought, well, that doesn't mean anyone else is really doing it. So I didn't take, take a minute to look up and look for external validation that I was really encouraged to see is out there. And so that's where some of the organizations that we talked about um, and, we, and we can talk about are, are really proving that women can find, oh, great, I'm sold. Work-life integration, I'm sold. But where do I go next? Mm -hmm. And isn't that what you're doing in, in terms of you're offering something new? I mean, that whole, what do I do next? I get it. I'm hungry for it. You've got my attention. So what is it that you're creating now? Sure. So we, as I said, we've been social media managers for a decade now. And I feel the world is full of opportunities for businesses to grow with the right social media manager. So whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a nonprofit or anything in between, a business that just says, you know what, our social media marketing could be better. And they just need a person to help them with that, but maybe they're not ready to go down the path of hiring a formal agency or hiring someone on their staff to do it mm -hmm. or hiring their intern to do it. But social media has been a vehicle for us to work flexibly and integrate our work and life and so that's where that's the direction that I'm taking my organization is to enable women to do the same. 
So I work a lot with kids and I see the moms coming in, you know, with the stroller and, you know, they've got like 20 bags in their hands and all this stuff. There's one mom in particular that I'm thinking of that has a child on the spectrum, you know, and I look at her and I see how hands on she is with her kids. And I wonder, oh, my gosh, how does she have any time for herself? So I guess what I'm wondering is what would you recommend to that woman who is so very busy in the life of her kids and doing everything she can to get her kids to hockey practice, to get her kids, you know, to the baseball field, to get her kids to school, to be a room parent. Where does she start in having her own career in addition to all of those things that she's doing to help her kids? The first thing I would do when I look at that busy mom is I would tell her to feel validated in the areas of life that she's working in. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that, it's so easy for women in particular to discount, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, or I I just have to take my kids to soccer practice, or I just need to get them to hockey. And to feel that you're not using your talents and your gifts and you're not enjoying things. I would invite her to take a step back and not say to the next person she talks to, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, to say something like, I, I work on a number of projects. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a project manager. I, I handle 14 different tasks a day. Maybe there's one particular part of her day with her kids that she really does use some of her former professional skills with, but she never looked at it that way. Or maybe it's organizing, like I said, not physically organizing things, but being organized to run her life from her smartphone. She can outsource her groceries. She can schedule a doctor's appointment. She can do all this at a, at a sitting at a red light <laughs> safely from her phone. If I she was wants kind to. of thinking that too. Like, wow, you could do that in the car. <laughs> so it's, I love the visual of the woman with the stroller and at, at hockey because it's so easy for that woman to just get caught up in the mundane of what she's getting done. But to take a step back and say, first of all, I am able to use my talents doing some of those things and then maybe be more intentional about things she takes on. And she says, I am getting kind of tired of bringing the snack every day to to hockey practice or what have you. But she says, I'd really like to get Cub Scouts organized. My son doesn't have a Cub Scout troop. I'm really good at getting something off the ground. Let me get in touch with Cub Scouts and find out how to do that. You know, I want to jump in because uh, an important thing also she should say is I specialize in human development. (laughs) I love that, Ian. I mean, it's so true. Absolutely. And I wrote about this in my book. You know, I've got this whole chapter about the differences that are dividing women. And one of them is the mother divide in that even women um, not valuing the skills that women are developing as they are parenting their children. And, you know, I mean, the perfect example for me of this is that men take military experience and put it on their resume. And this is, you know, all these leadership skills that I developed in sports or in the military. And yet we as women don't own it ourselves and we don't own it in other women in terms of the management and personnel development skills that women are um, masters at and fine-tuning and highly developing in everyday work uh, raising children. And so I love the fact that you said being a mom belongs on your resume. Yeah. And it's how to put it on your resume and put it in your head as you talk about the work, important work you're doing, and that we as women need to value that in other women. Well, and I think it's important that we can also use this platform. You know, anybody listening to this, if you're considering hiring somebody who's been a mom, if you're considering, if you're a mom and you're 
afraid to, you know, jump into the workplace. Don't undervalue those skills that you have because, I mean, obviously I have a mom. I see plenty of moms at the ice rink, you know, for an hour a day. And, oh, my gosh, these women are so put together, you know, despite having a million things to do. I can't compare at all. And, and you know, like – don't undervalue that. Put that on your resume. Note the fact that you are an organized person because of all of the things that you do in your daily life. Yeah, yeah. And and to step into that further, Anne, I know we even said that be the change agent, right? Be the, the generation to say, I'm not going to allow my son to say, my mom just stayed home or allow my daughter to say, well, now I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Right. So really being the, the first generation to kind of flip the script consider it something that's fulfilling and legitimate and you validate yourself so then that way you're you're subconsciously giving yourself more you know confidence and validation to go out and then go get that next working gig if that's what you choose to do yeah Yeah. give yourself more credit and give give yourself the language I mean think about it it's that whole what's your elevator speech that they often say in the business world you know about what your work is you know have that ready so that when people ask you, you you've got it ready, and to to really showcase yourself, but also give that language to your family, give your that language to your husband, give that language to your children, so that instead of them sort of like popping something out of their head about what they think their mom does, give them the language so that you let them be your little ambassadors out there. Well, and it's already happening. You know, it's like if you look at some of the younger generations today, we're already seeing you know, some change in how, you know, men perceive women and how women are perceived in the workplace. And I I see it in small steps at a time, but things are changing. You know, you might not see it immediately, but I do. I'm starting to see it out there. And it's all because of like the working moms and the Gen Z, you know, teaching their kids these things. It's amazing. That work doesn't just look like getting in a suit and driving to an office and being there until five o'clock every day of the week. Work is work. Don't undervalue it. What you do as a mom is work. You know, and language is important. And another thing that I like to say is that whole thing about I work from home. Um, I have a home office and that's what I say. You know, okay. instead of I work mm-hmm. from home, I have a home office. And it's so cool that I'm not wasting time driving in rush hour traffic. No kidding. I mean, that's a very different thing to say than I work from home. That's very true. And I actually feel like we've we've come to the point that that is so valued that it's almost that luxury of, well, something must be wrong with the way I'm working, that I'm okay with wasting so much of my time <laughs> driving. And I'm okay with being stuck to sit at my desk, you know, between two and three when I'm the least productive of my own entire day. So, so yes, I think that people see that and now it's almost shifting and saying, oh, I wish I worked from home more because I could be more flexible and also just more effective. More effective. Yeah. Anything else you want to uh, make sure you get a chance to say to women who are listening about what you've learned um, over the last 10 years or so since you um, left the, the corporate world to start your own business and now integrate it into also raising two young daughters to be future leaders? Well, thanks, Ian. I, I would say, again, since social media is our vehicle, that is our, our where we work, where we communicate, I feel like... If a woman wants to do something to just occupy her her mind, to fulfill her professional talents, um, just to get something started, I would say turn to social media, maybe even LinkedIn, maybe even say, you know what, I'm going to invest an hour 
to myself and build a LinkedIn profile, something that does have my past experience, something that might speak to my current talents today, even if you're not working today. But even if you're a freelancer, like those are things that absolutely should be out in your social network presence. And I, I just mentioned LinkedIn. But again, even if you feel like, well, spending some time on Instagram could be a good place to start because you just never know who you'll meet or what opportunities you will see are out there if you hadn't been using social media. So I know social media gets a bad rap, and I know we can we can make a whole podcast about all the ways we waste time on social media. Yeah, time for a digital scrub. Is time yeah. for a digital scrub. <laughs> but I think if there was something for a woman to keep in mind where she could maybe just start, it can just be from, from her phone, from a social network. Mm-hmm. Well, and actually we've had, you know, we've had more than one social media person who works with social media on here. You know, it's definitely a valuable platform and people need help with it. You know, people who have a business who are, you know, trying to develop something, they need social media. It is a valid part of advertising and getting businesses out there today. But one thing that uh, I'm a little bit curious about is uh, what spark sort of started you getting um, this going? Well, again, I guess I would, the spark I've had most recently mm-hmm. with, with work-life integration is just, it's very in vogue right now to be mindful of what you're doing. You know, um, what are you grateful for? What are you, again, saying yes to? Jomo, did anyone hear Jomo around the holidays last year? Who's Jomo? Jomo <laughs> is the uh, hashtag joy of missing out. So oh. for a while, social media was all about FOMO fear of missing out oh any party any restaurant anything someone was at it made a person who was reading that post oh, have FOMO gosh. fear of missing out but then the script got flipped especially around the holidays of 2019 where people were saying you know what I am taking in JOMO this time and I actually did that in the month of December I said no to holiday parties I said no to happy hours I said no to anything that wasn't mission critical not because I was antisocial and certainly not because I was trying to make a statement. I just needed some way to reset myself in order to then have a clearer plan with what I would say yes to going forward. So that was one thing that kind of sparked for me of just work-life integration is not doing it all. Mm-hmm. Work-life integration is saying yes to the right things in work and the right things in life so your deck is smaller and then you feel like you have it all. So that was sort of your moment of like, I have these two things and I need to be working with them a little bit fuller and I need to, I need to change something. I need to say yes to less. I need to say, say yes to less. I love that. <laughs> and, and I think that really applies to your, you know, anything is possible, but everything is not possible. It sounds a little pessimistic, but it's a lot <laughs> more realistic. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And then you will feel like you have it all if you are very intentional about what you have said yes to. Yes. Think of what you can do and what you just can't do. And that's okay. And how can people get in touch with you if they want to? Thanks, Anne. So my website is my whole name, emilyahay.com. And that's my Twitter handle. And I'm on Instagram as Emily A. Hay as well. Well, thank you, Emily A. Hay, (laughs) founder of uh, Hey There Social Media, uh, mother and um, voice for um, work-life integration, a whole new way of working these days. And Jomo, uh, I'm Ann Doyle. And I'm Monica Doyle. And let's all go power power up. up. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. So thanks for joining us at Powering Up. We hope you'll subscribe and share us with your network. Monica and I would love to hear from you through our Powering Up Women Facebook page or at 
Ann Doyle LDR on Twitter. And remember, power is the currency for getting things done. Claim yours and put it to work.